Over in the book of Acts chapter 24, Acts chapter 24 and verse 14, Paul says this. He says, But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which were written in the law and in the prophets. Verse 15 says, And have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. Originally, Brother Isaiah was supposed to have the Sunday school spot, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, he's been sick this week, and I kind of figured he might not be able to make it this morning, so so I, I, I prepared just in case, and... Um, and I, I'd already started a series back a few weeks ago on what we believe. Just kind of going through some old confessions of faith, using as my outline different Baptist confessions of faith. Um, kind of going through those old confessions. Just thinking about what we believe as Baptists. I took a couple sermons back a few weeks ago and we, we talked about what we believe about the Bible. Of course, I could have gone many more sermons on that, but uh, didn't. And uh, I could probably go a lot more on what I'm about to hit on now. But uh, as I said before, just as a refresher, musing multiple confessions of faith but primarily primarily I'm looking at the the old historical second london baptist confession of faith or the philadelphia confession of faith they both say essentially the same thing and also the old confession of faith that I used to, as I was growing up at king's edition baptist church and then when I went to mansfield at sovereign grace baptist it was the same Confession. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if it has an official name or not. But um, I'll I'll read some of those as we go along. But it's good. It's good to go back and consider some of those things and think about what we believe and and then also to to look at not only the what we believe but then look at why we believe it and that is to examine it in the scriptures uh, because that's what. That's what matters, to know what you believe and then why you believe it. Today, I want to consider what we believe about God. What we believe about God. It is the second point, uh, the second chapter. Uh, the second article in both of the confessions that I'm primarily using. 
chapter 2 of the second London Baptist Confession of Faith, the Philadelphia Confession. By the way, those confessions, um, though we don't agree 100% with everything written in them, uh, they, they are uh, almost, uh, almost like a small uh, systematic study of Bible doctrine. Uh, they're so they're so in depth with with some of the things that we we believe and uh, so thorough. The reason for it uh, they were written in the 1600s. Uh, those those Baptists were very thorough, um, and um, those were the days of some pretty bad persecutions. And I'll give you a summary. You can go back and read uh, the full history. But essentially, the particular Baptists of those days were accused of being uh, heretics. And they were accused of being unorthodox. And some of the accusations were false accusations. Well... The Protestants had gotten together and they made, uh, they made their confession of faith, the uh, Westminster Confession of Faith and some others. And, um, and uh, they, they had accused the Baptists of being terrible. In fact, the, the Baptists were accused of being the Anabaptists of the Munster Rebellion, some of those, and... Uh, so the Baptists, uh, Benjamin Keach and some others, they got together and they looked at the Westminster Confession and they said, you know what, there's a lot of points on this Westminster Confession that we agree with. So they took that Confession of Faith and they laid it out and the points that they agreed with, they took and the points that they disagreed with, they said, all right, here's what we believe. And then they presented it to the world as a Baptist confession of faith, the second London Baptist confession of faith, to show that Baptists aren't crazed lunatics uh, like they were being told. And indeed, when you lay the two confessions uh, out there, you find that there are some similarities. And uh, we, we find that to be true whenever we sit down and we read books and we say, well, you know, uh, for instance, we read books by B.B. Warfield or uh, J.C. Ryle. We read books by, uh, or look at commentaries by guys like, um, like uh, Matthew Henry. And we find some a lot of agreeable points in those. We know those guys were not Baptist, but we find some agreeable points in those, so much so that we appreciate the things that they have written in the main. The large points that we disagree with, of course, are baptism and the church. And uh, we'll get to some of those things a little bit later. But... Um, but what that did was to show the world that, hey, the Baptists weren't so crazy as what people said that they were. 
chapter 2 of the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith and the Philadelphia Confession state the following of God and the Holy Trinity. The Lord our God is but one only living and true God whose substance is in and of Himself infinite in being and perfection, whose essence cannot be comprehended by any but Himself, a most pure spirit, invisible without body, parts, or passions, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, who is immutable, immense, eternal, incomprehensible, almighty, every way infinite, most holy, most wise, most free, most absolute, working all things according to the counsel of his own loving, sorry, his own immutable and most gracious, most righteous will for his own glory, most loving, gracious, merciful, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin, the rewarder of them that diligently seek him, and withal most just and terrible in his judgments, hating all sin, and who will by no means clear the guilty. God, having all life, glory, goodness, blessedness in and of himself, is alone in and unto himself all-sufficient, not standing in need of any creature which he hath made, nor deriving any glory from them, but manifesting his own glory in, by, and to, and upon them, is he is alone the fountain of all being, of whom, through whom, and to whom are all things. And he hath most sovereign dominion over all creatures, to do by them, for them, and upon them, whatsoever himself pleaseth. In his sight, all things are open and manifest. His knowledge is infinite, infallible, and independent upon the creature, so as nothing is to him contingent or uncertain. He is most holy in all his counsels, in all his works, in all his commands. To him is due from angels and men whatsoever worship, service, or obedience as creatures they owe unto the Creator, and whatever He is further pleased to require of them. In this divine and infinite being, there are three substances, the Father, the Word, or Son, and the Holy Spirit. Of one substance, power, and eternity, each having the whole divine essence, Yet the essence undivided, the Father is of none, neither begotten nor proceeding. The Son, the Son, the Son <clears throat> is eternally begotten of the Father. The Holy Spirit proceeding from the Father and the Son, all infinite, without beginning, therefore, but one God, who is not to be divided in nature and being, but distinguished by several peculiar relative properties and personal relations 
which doctrine of the Trinity is the foundation of all our communion with God and comfortable dependence on Him. So you see that's a uh, quite a large statement on the doctrine of God and the Trinity. There are, in this world, believe it or not, churches that would disagree with that. There are what we call Unitarian churches. There are churches who differ on the sovereignty of God and the power of God and all of these things. And so the writers of the confession wanted to be sure that people knew what the Baptists believed. The confession that I grew up with and the one we had at Mansfield shortened it down a bit, but still it was very clear. It was Article 2 on God, and it said, We believe that there is one and only true and living God, an infinite, eternal, self-existent, immutable, holy, just, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, Spirit, whose name is Jehovah, the Creator and Supreme Ruler of heaven and earth, that in the unity of the one essence, nature, and being of the Godhead, there are three eternal distinctions that are revealed to us under the figure of persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that these are equal in every divine perfection, executing distinct but harmonious offices in the great work of redemption, being worthy of precisely the same honor, worship, and obedience. So you see, they're very, very similar in what they say, but one goes much more in depth than the other. I have a, I have in my library a, a thick book. I, I can't remember the name of it. I think it might be just Baptist Confessions of Faith. And it gives confessions going all the way back to, I believe, back to the 1600s, maybe the 1500s, and, uh, and very, very similar just different confessions, different ways of writing things, some more elaborate than others. But, um, but Baptists in the main have held to something very, very similar to these two confessions. What I like about these two is that they, within them, and I didn't read all the verses, but within them they have the, the Bible references. These aren't got guys just giving a word salad about God. They give Bible references. And... Uh, And in fact, um, in fact, um, I I used to have a booklet form of the King's Edition Confession. I don't have it anymore. I've lost it somehow. 
but um, but there's been there's been prints, uh, booklets printed of the Philadelphia Confession and the uh, and the Second London Confession. Uh, this is an example of the Second London Confession that I that I have. I think I paid like um, five dollars for it or something like that. It's the uh, the Baptist Confession of Faith and uh, the Baptist Catechism. Uh, Benjamin Keach is kind of uh, attributed to uh, working on. They're good for study. Again, not that we agree with everything that's written in them, but they are good for study and uh, part of a part of our history. Part of our history. It is important to know the Word of God. And that's why Article 1 that we looked at, or Chapter 1, is the first in both of those confessions. I have a PDF for, for the one that we used at King's, Edi- King's Edition and at, and at Mansfield. And so I, I, I can print that out and give to everybody to look at and consider... Every once in a while, I would have people, missionaries and stuff, write to me and ask if it was copyrighted because they liked it for its conciseness. They said, can we use this in this church plant or or whatever? And I would say, well, there's no copyright to it. Go ahead. I don't even know where it came from. But but, uh, it's good to it's it's good to study. I mean, yeah, every once in a while it's good to pick up a, a full systematic theology like like T. P. Simmons or Strong's and study those, but the confessions are, are good to study too because of their conciseness. Foundational is the word of God, and that's where we started. But now we come to to God. And why is that? Because when you get into the Word of God, what do we find? Well, we find the God of the Word. And that's the whole reason why that we get into the Word of God. This is why God has given us His Word. Not so that we can become smarter than, than the, the guy next door. Not so that we can become uh, better studied than, our, our, than, 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 than the... Uh, the the atheist or the agnostic or uh, our professors at school, but so that we may know Him. And so when we read, absolutely, we ought to be reading our Bible, but are we really getting to know Jesus? Are we really getting to know God better? You see, the Jews missed it in Jesus' day. Jesus had to tell them, search the Scriptures in. Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they speak of me. And, And of course, that's a paraphrase. But the point was, they missed learning of Him. The 
the Holy Scriptures, as the Catechism says, the Holy Scriptures chiefly contain what men ought to believe concerning God and what duty God requires of man. You see, Paul wrote to the Romans and he said, you're without excuse. The, if, the, the, that, the heavens declare the glory of God. Uh, I believe it's in Romans chapter 1. If you want to go over there. Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. says, for the invisible things of him from, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So, the world's without excuse because of the creation. And, 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 and I thank God for the creation. And in fact, in fact, whenever I'm done with our study in the book of Acts, I believe I'm going to go back and do a, do a study on Genesis 1 through 11. I believe that's important. Creation is important, and I thank God for creation. But creation in and of itself, the examination of the trees and the skies and the heavens and the, and, and the solar system and the body and all of that, that can only tell us so much. Man is without excuse in so much that all that declares there is a God. But who He is and, and how we worship Him, how, how we approach Him, all of that is not declared in the creation. It's only to be found within the Word of God. And in the book of Job, chapter 22. Job chapter 22. Verse Scripture here says, Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. There, thereby good shall come unto thee. We need, we need in this world to be acquainted with God. We need to get to know God. While Acquaintance with God does begin at conversion. It doesn't stop there. It doesn't end there. You think about it for a moment. There are people that you meet, maybe in the street, or maybe at a, at a meeting, and you shake their hand, and you say, oh, it's good to meet you, and you pass by each other, and maybe you never see them again. 
That's not God, beloved. That's not our Savior. That's not our spiritual life. We are to think of God like this. There are people that we meet and then we we become great friends with. We, we get to know them better and our relationship deepens and our love for them grows and, 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 and it just goes on and on through life. And that's the way it is with God only to a larger, a much larger scale. You see, we meet, we met our Lord at conversion. He knew all about us long before we knew Him. But now, now that we've been converted, now that we've been born again, now that we've been regenerated, now that we know Him, we continue through prayer and and Bible study in His Word, Bible reading, through church attendance, church membership, uh, through through, uh, fellowship with His people, we continue and as long as we're in this life, we should never get to the point that we feel that we have exhausted in the knowledge of God. I heard a preacher the other day you know, I listen to a lot of sermons on the internet. I think I, I think I, I think I've told y'all this. I the the internet's such a blessing. I, you know, it's great that people can put their sermons on the internet. I hear good sermons and I hear bad sermons. But but there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff on online and there's a lot of bad stuff. And I thank God for the good stuff. Well, I thank God for the bad stuff too, because I hear the bad stuff and I think, man, uh, that's a lesson for me. You know, don't ever do that. Don't ever preach that. You know, but, um, but uh, this preacher, he was he was saying he had, thirty years ago he he thought that in his feebleness he would he would just focus in on the Gospels and, 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 and just learning about Christ. And, uh, and, 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 and he was talking about how the, that's been his focus. But he never been able to exhaust that. Because he mentioned something he found in Isaiah. And that's what sometimes people don't realize. Christ just isn't in the Gospels. He's everywhere in His Word. It's not just the red letters, folks. Our knowledge is limited but we can learn so much and get to know him 
as a church and as individuals as we look through the Bible. In Hosea chapter 6, Hosea chapter 6 and verse 8. Hosea chapter 6 and verse 3. Hosea 6 and verse 3. He says, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His, his going forth is prepared as the morning. He shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. The illustration here is about about spiritual knowledge. The the latter and the former rain on the earth in the desert when it's been really really dry. The rain comes. And it doesn't really soak in. It just kind of falls and and, and a lot of times it will kind of flood because the rain doesn't hit that ground. It's It's just hard. The ground is hard. But that latter rain, that's what really soaks in. And as we follow on in obedience and 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 the more we the more we 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 continue on the better we know him there's much confusion in this world but oh we can we we can cut through that we cut through that um, by holding true to his word God has revealed Himself to us. We don't need visions or uh, we don't need any kind of uh, extra anything else. We've got we've got His Word. In in the book of uh, Daniel. Daniel chapter 11. Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant... Shall he corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Even in the Old Testament, there were there were people that that 
were doing wickedly and corrupt them by flatteries. But he said, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. There is strength in knowing God. There is strength. You know, uh, sometimes it seems overwhelming, some of the things that are going on in this world. But there is much strength in, in, in our relationship with our Lord. There is strength in knowing who God is. There is strength in knowing the Word of God and knowing the God of the Word. There is strength in, in, in being encouraged by these things. Hey, our God is mighty. Our God is sovereign. Our God is on His throne. Regardless of what's going on in this world, He is the one and true living God regardless of what happens in this world. We will, uh, we will take and examine some of the statements um, and, and, and look at some of the, uh, some of the words that are in the, 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 the uh, statements of faith uh, next time, uh, Lord willing looking at some of his attributes, uh, looking at some things about the Trinity as we kind of explore just who God is. But I hope in this introduction that this is kind of an encouragement to, to consider and to think about that as we go through life as God's people, it is it is good to remind ourselves to uh, the, the fact that we do serve the true God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Paul, John, the God of Peter, the God of of the men and women who have gone on before us. Sometimes it does seem like things are tough, but our God is still the same God that He's always been. He doesn't change. He's still mighty. He's still sovereign. And He is still He's still saving people. He's still preserving people. And he's still got his church and his people today. And we thank, we thank God for it. So we'll stop there and Lord willing we'll look more at this important, this important subject next time.